Ownership is all about building on your own success with your own self-discovery. Your life is your business. Take ownership of it. Together, let's unlock the next level of your life. Ownership is here to help lead you without all the noise and distractions. There are hot topics and lessons in life to keep you entertained, gain value, and even some enlightenment all along the way. Ownership is brought to you by Allison Andrews Cantor, a certified coach and business leader with over 20 years of experience under her belt. A battle-born and proven successful entrepreneur, she is on a mission to help individuals take back ownership of their personal life. So are you ready? Let's go. Here she is, your host, Allison Andrews Cantor. All right, all right, we're back. Let's go, let's do it. Episode eight, and we're talking today about grief and guilt. Whew, this can be really heavy. Um, I'm here, of course, with my trusty co-host, my producer, Mr. Jay Brown. I'll go with producer rather than co-host, but I know. I'm, the, I'm the, fa- the, 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 the sweet face that you see every once in a while. Oh, I like it. We'll take it. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate your two cents and letting me uh, banter with you on these topics that you can find in the ownership book or in our coaching practice. Yeah. But we're talking about a really deep and really like, I mean, so I know a lot of our topics have been deep, but this is super deep topic when you're talking about grief and guilt all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, as humans, it's inevitable, unfortunately. It's one of the predestined things we will all deal with at some point in time is grief and guilt. But grief, either we'll lose a parent, a best friend, a spouse, even worse, a child. But doesn't grief come in in other ways too. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's not, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is, is a lot of people correlate grief with the loss of someone close, but it could also come in loss of job, loss of job or, you know, you know, other things that, that are, that are close to us that, that make us feel a certain way. You you can grieve in, sure. in, in other ways. Even people who, you know, weren't planning on becoming a parent that became a parent out of left field they can grieve what their life could have been before they had to take on the role of parenthood. There's a lot of facets to grief. Uh, that is a big one because again, uh, you know, you have stuff. I mean, I know you're talking about, you know, your own stuff, which we have you know discussed before with unplanned pregnancies, but that's, that's a big thing. And even, even not necessarily me in that scenario, okay, okay, okay. I was thinking of one of my clients actually, who oh, just okay. got told, um, at 19, they're going to be a father and they were yeah. trying to get into medical school. I mean, for, for me, I was, 27 when I found out that my ex-wife was pregnant with Ryan. And I mean, I mean, that's, it's huge. So yeah. But when we're talking about grief and guilt, you know, like I said, we're all at some point going to experience this regardless of where it comes from. You're going to feel these feelings. And the key to unlock true happiness is learning how to hold both of these and not let them control or define you. We all, I know listeners, when you're hearing this, we can all think of that one person that lost somebody near and dear to them. And that is now their identity. They've literally become stuck in that identity of being that griever. 
That is the full cloak they wear every day. And it doesn't matter if this recently happened or they've been wearing that cloak for the last 10 years. That becomes all-consuming of who they are. And that's not okay. That's not, that's not where it needs to be. That's not healthy grief. That's not, that's not where you want to operate from. You have now lost ownership of your life to your grief and your sorrow and your pain. And you are living in that victimhood mentality and loss. And you can't, there's no wellness there. You have no wellness at all if you're in that space. It's not to say you can't be in it for a while, or for a longer while, but it should not be what you're identified as and it should not be all-consuming. You are so much more than that and you have so much more to give and do and to others around. Um, Even if you don't realize that people are always watching, you could either be a beacon of sorrow and disappointment and sadness, or you could come in with that experience and be hope and light and optimism. You know, last episode, we were talking about things that can bring self-imposed guilt and guilt's tricky, right? Because guilt can be something that we have internalized that we feel guilty for because of our own pressures and our own opinions and our own judgments of ourselves. And guilt can sometimes come from outside sources, how other people perceive you, what your parents respond to you with, what your partner does to you, what they say to you, what, you know your kids. I thought you were going to pick me up early. You picked me up late. You know, it can be, it can be a myriad of things, right? But I really want to focus for a minute on, on just the grief in general. And I have these really cool little things I saw on Instagram and I printed them out and I like these quotes and I, I'm going to totally, um, I'm going to quote them. This one's from Dr. Glenn Patrick Doyle. I don't know his background, so don't, you know, kill me if he's not a nice person, but I like what he wrote here. Okay. It says, ironically, when we start to get better, we also often get sad because we start to realize how much we've missed out on. Whoa. How badly certain people failed us, what the younger version of us actually deserved. Healing involves healthy grieving, no way around it. And I like that because I believe there is healthy grieving. I think grief is part of the human experience. It's when you get stuck in grief for too long, you lose yourself to it. You become all consumed by your sadness and you can't function. You can't, you can't pour from a cup that's empty. We know this. And, you know, sometimes grief, for example, doesn't always have to be like you said, Jay, the loss of somebody. It can be the loss of a possibility even like when something is no longer possible or feasible and you just have to come to terms with that not being an option or a path in your life anymore. So you can move forward for me with my one co-parenting experience that really rings true because it's, it's the grief of the not possible of what I want in my life or how I would want it to be that that is where the grief is it's this it's the possibility of what might have could have been but isn't and it's out of my control i can't make somebody be someone they're not i can't make people do what they're not going to do i can only handle and have ownership over myself and you know one of the most interesting things and i write about this in the book a lot is when it comes to my son and i share this because There was not a day that wasn't just this huge magnitude 
of sorrow, desperation, overwhelm, and fear. That was just, I could not escape it. But some of my happiest moments were in that eight by eight grave room as my son clung onto life. And that is crazy, right? It sounds wild. But that's the thing with grief. And that's where the skill of grief being part of healing is you have to learn how to hold that space between sadness and happiness, what could be and what is, and find a place where you don't have to fire off and go into one or the other, but sit with them both. My son was dying, literally in front of my face, literally. And there was nothing as his mother I could do to save him other than yell at God, which I did, pray, and manifest with every fiber of my being with all the defiance I could muster up in my soul that that kid was not leaving me. And I swear to it, but I had to operate in a space of insane amount of guilt and grief and sorrow and sadness and be able to still function and be his designated authority and decision maker and be there with his medical staff and stay the optimist because I set the tone in that room. And if I were to allow that grief to consume me, that sadness, that fear, that anger, all of it, what service would I be doing for the people around me, for his practitioners? How would I actually be aiding them and them aiding him? What I had to do was flip it and it was wild to do this. And I had to become like the number one cheerleader, the number one, like I said, beyond defiant, yelling at God, you're insane. You're not taking this kid over my body. I trade my soul for his right here, right now. It's not happening. Um, And set that tone so that I could actually be that person that would get even his medical staff so convinced by my convictions, my defiance and my absolute delusion at that moment that he would survive something that no other individual with what he had, had, (laughs) you know, it's insane. But the best thing I could have done in that moment was exactly what I did. And it was the, I'm not going to let grief consume me. I'm going to use it as a tool and I'm going to work with it, not against it. And grief is hard. I mean, the loss of a child is a whole different area. And I, I, I threaded that needle way too close for comfort. And I have friends who have lost a child and, um, shout out to the, the selfish griever, amazing podcast. She's lovely. Um, she's pretty inspirational, but you can't let it consume you, especially if you have your, you have other children. What do you do then? How do you take ownership over? Yes, I'm grieving. Yes, I'm sad. Yes, I have things going on in my life right now that are really hard and really heavy and really consuming and know that it's temporary. 
Have you had an experience, Jaylee, with grief and I, I like have. At this level? I have. I, I mean, I mean, not to the point of 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 what Bradford went through, and that little boy is the most resilient kid <laughs> I possibly know, and he's got a taste of thrill that has got that is unparalleled. I think that kid's going to be a stuntman one day. I'm not going to disagree with it. I mean. um, <laughs> but uh, you know, you, you you touch a point. I want I want to just circle on this before I tell you my own stories. That that. That the, you have to be careful about grief because grief can then spiral into depression. And when you spiral mm-hmm. into depression, then you've lost you're just, control. You're, you, you are going down a rabbit hole that um, is very difficult to get out of. Mm-hmm. And it likens me to, if you know me and you know me well, you know that, me, that The West Wing is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And there is a time um, when... Um, uh, Leo McGarry, who's the, the president Bartlett's chief of staff, is talking to the deputy chief of staff um, about the, uh, the, one of the actors had been shot in, in, the, in the story. And he's having a very difficult time dealing with the shooting and almost losing his life and stuff like that. And it, the, the quote goes something to the fact that the, the, the thing, it's like a little riddle kind of thing where, where you're stuck down in a hole. A priest walks by and you're going, hey, Father, Father, can you help me out here? And the, and the, the priest writes down a prayer and throws it down the hole. And then a rabbi walks by and the guy goes, Rabbi, Rabbi, can you help me out? I'm stuck down here. Rabbi write, writes out another prayer and sends it down the hole. And then Buddy Joe walks by. Hey, Joe, 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 I'm stuck down here. Can you help me out? And Joe dump, jumps down the hole and goes, stupid, what are you doing down here? I need your help. He's like, yeah, I've been down here, but I know the way out. Ah. And so it's 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 one of those things that I myself have dealt with not only grief but I've also dealt with depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if you know me, about 13, 14 years ago, I suffered a traumatic brain injury. I was sucker punched in the back of the head at a sporting event. I lost the use of my eyes for nine months. I then suffered debilitating headaches, migraine headaches, along with that, and I also ended up with a non-epileptic seizure disorder. Now, going through any sort of thing, you know that when you have something taken away from you, there is a process. But I had lost the use of my eyes. I had lost the ability to be self-sufficient. I had a then four and a half year old child helping me with the most simplest tasks as in walking from the couch to the bathroom. My son having to help me. My parents then having to Rehelp their grown child with the most simplest tasks, as in eating and all the stuff. Until I learned, and you, I had to learn how to do this stuff by myself. Thankfully, after time, my eyesight came back, and all this other stuff, which was which was great. But there was a point in time where I'm going, is this my life for the rest of my life? Hmm. Is this pain that I'm experiencing on a constant basis going to be what I have to deal with forever? And there was grief in there and I had to grieve and I had to process. And I sought help during that time. I realized that I was going down that rabbit hole. I was going slowly in and into the grips of depression. And had I not sought out therapy, we would not be sitting here right now. Yeah. Because there was a point where that situation had taken a turn got dark real quick really quickly real quick that's how these things and happen. that's the thing was because it's dark the, real quick it does because i was experiencing a lot of pain yeah. i was experiencing more pain than n- not i, I can't i don't want to like try to go 
you know, tit for tat, but I, it was, it was, there's when it comes to trauma, first of all, there is no scale of my traumas worse than your trauma. Trauma is trauma. Okay. So you, nobody needs to ever disclose. I'm not taking away from your trauma. I'm not saying my trauma is worse than your trauma. This is a fact. Trauma is just trauma. No, I get that. Oh, I, I, I totally, I totally get it. But when I'm talking about pain, I was suffering an immense amount of pain. I'm talking about a pen scale nine ten, where again I'm just like wanted in it all. Yeah, which is different. Scary. Than, it's different than than watching your your child something that that grew inside you and the pain that you're experiencing on that. No, you had actual physical pain. I had, phys- I had mental and yeah. heart pain. Well, I had the anguish. mental pain as well too. Oh, you just were getting hit from all sides. <laughs> yeah, you pretty were much fucked. I'm just kidding. Pretty oh, much. So sorry. I'm trying to make you laugh. No, trying to bring some brevity it, here. This it, is getting a little. Is. This is getting heavy. It is getting heavy. But, right. but when you're talking about a, when you're talking about like when you're talking about a topic like your this, your world was really dark and really small. It was, and it was coming in on and you. And it was, and thankfully with some, some therapy, yeah, I saw the light. I saw the end of the tunnel. And so when, yeah. when people have say, hey, I, or say I'm, I'm dealing with something, I'm like, dude, you don't have to explain to me. I get where you're at. If you need to talk to somebody or if you just need somebody to be supportive, I've got you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Joe helping you out of the, out, out of the, you know the, the way, way. Out. you know the way I know the way out because yeah. again, it's, it's, it's my own experience. Okay. So for the listeners though, that don't know the way out, you know, when it comes to grief or guilt or a combo of both of those equaling the same thing, because maybe if you were listening to our last episode, you went out and you were sad over a breakup or your pending looming divorce or somebody that you loved didn't love you back the way you thought you should be loved back. And you go out one night and you're emotionally charged and you drink too much and you get in your car and you do something reckless and stupid that you have immense guilt and more grief over. It can become like that spiral. You know, where do we go from there? You know, where, where do we find that muster, that internal strength, that beacon of hope, that faith within us to say, you know what, I'm better than this. I can do better than this. This might be my version of rock bottom, whatever it is, but I am not going further down than this. Okay, I went down the slide. (laughs) I got pretty far. I'm not going further enough, uncle. And then even if you're clawing and crawling your way out, you're at least moving out. It's a self-realization. It's that that, that moment of knowing I'm headed down a path that I don't want to be and going, how do I get out of this? Whether you're seeking help with therapy, whether you reach out to a close personal friend going, help me. It's, 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 it's that, that, that self-awareness of knowing that, you know, or self-realization knowing that Heck you yeah. can get out, I can get out of it. I'm all about self-realization. Let me tell you that, but let me ask you this, Jay, cause I'm curious if you might've had a, um, after effect of all of this similar to what I had. So when I was going through what I was going through with my son, I had a lot of time because of the situation I was in, I was stuck with myself in my mind. Your mind can either be a force for good or force for literally evil. And depending on your mental aptitude, fortitude, and um, control, (laughs) you know, mastery of oneself, you don't know what path you might go down unless you can force it to go the way you want. I was able in that time to use the immense grief I was in for really powerful healing on a higher level. 
I was able to access and call myself out and sit with really painful things that if I wouldn't have been in that space, I would have never elected mentally to examine that part of my life. I would have just kept going on until it became such an issue. I could not ignore it, right? I literally put everything on the chopping block of my life when I was on literally the steps of heaven with my son, with him behind me and me going, no, no, you got to go through me first to get him, literally. Um, At that point, everything was up for discussion in my life. There was no hair uh, or stone unturned. I was in it all. And in my situation, it was after going to that deep, dark place and seeing that and then seeing the light and coming out of it, I was forever changed. I mean, I was physically, mentally, emotionally changed. There's no way I could go back to any ignorant way of operating or thinking ever again. They're life-defining moments. Yes. And with that, so when you're in the grief though, you don't see it as that. You don't even see the beautiful gift and power of, of a catalyst. Grief can actually be. You're just in it. Was there anything now looking back, right? Now that we're on the other side, that if a listener is listening to this and they just feel like crap and they are in it, I mean, they are in the mud of grief for whatever reason. And it is murky and it is thick and it is hard to get out of and it is in every pore. Is there some nugget that you might have that can be a beacon of hope or faith or perspective? I think the biggest thing that uh, there's two things. And I, I, one is that people have been in your situation before, maybe not to the, not, not to the extent, but people have dealt with life defining situations before you're not the only one. So when you realize that in that moment, if you can realize that you're not the only one, then there, there's ways that you hmm. can get out of the funk that you are. There yeah. are ways that they're going, if you, if you step back and go, okay, this has probably happened to somebody else or somebody's had this kind of situation. You did, you had a life-defining situation. I did as well too. And realizing I'm not the only one. Can I get help? Is there somebody out there that will help me get better? Can I talk to somebody? Whether it be you, anybody, just somebody will listen to you. Get a coach. Get a coach. <laughs> I mean, but even that, you could, you could talk to a priest. You sure. could talk to your best friend. Yeah. Talk to your uh, sibling. Talk to an aunt and an uncle. Talk. The be- nurse on duty. Somebody will listen. Somebody <laughs> will listen to you if, you if you say to you like, "I don't feel good mentally. I'm, I'm in a funk." Most people be like, "Let what, me listen." And yeah, it's not so got? much. That's not so much that you need to interject your own opinion. Listen, mm-hmm. because all somebody needs you to do is listen. They babble on for. 45 minutes, just listen. Mm-hmm. Nod your head, smile. If you don't understand, ask a question. But don't be like, well, have you tried this? Have you tried mm-hmm. that? No, no, no. I don't need that. I just need to vent mm-hmm. out whatever I need to. And for someone to be like, it's okay. The other side of this is I, when all this was said and done, and this is something that I had, I had to work out in therapy, I felt incredibly guilty. I felt incredibly guilty for putting my parents through this. Mm. I felt incredibly guilty for putting my son through this. Mm. I felt incredibly guilty for putting 
my brothers and, and sister-in-laws through this. I felt incredibly guilty of putting the person that I was dating at the time through this as well. I thought it was all my fault. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized that, and it took some therapy, I took the therapist looking at me and going, it's not your fault. Me bawling and, and crying. Mm-hmm. I, I was, oh, I could have done this. It's not your fault. You mm-hmm. didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It was that moment that I realized that, yes, I, I felt bad for all this stuff, but you know, and mm-hmm. it's okay to feel bad, but I had no reason to feel bad. Yeah. You know, but, but being a human being is going, God, yeah, I feel, I feel bad about what happened and all this other stuff. But when there's circumstances out of your control, you, you can't, you can't confine them into a, a small little box. Sure. And there always is the woulda, coulda, shoulda. You could play that game all day long and you're never going to have the answers. Just make yourself sick. You know, for me, it's all perspective. There's, and this goes for everything, even outside of grief and guilt. This is everything in life. There's always going to be people that have it better and there's always going to be people that have it worse. And as horrific as my room that I was in, my dedicated room for my son because of his situation, every door next door to my right or to my left of my son had equally something horrific going on with a new life on this planet and other parents didn't matter the gravity. Again, trauma is subjective. Trauma is just trauma. But there's literally parents on each side of me going through something very similar of the heart and mind. And some did not come out victorious. Um, And I was, in my opinion, the lucky one with my son. And we did. And that perspective is very humbling. Um, and just kind of gives you a little a regulation on, yes, it could be all-consuming in your life right now, but it could potentially always be worse, you know? Yeah, and that's the point is when you realize that, I don't want to say it's a pity party, but you, you go through those moments where you're going, damn, this is happening to me, I wish it wasn't, all this but the same thing could be happening to somebody on the other side of the planet. You don't know, and it's 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 when you tr- when you try to think a little bit. I don't want to say bigger of yourself, but understanding that that you can get through it, especially when it seems so daunting and it seems so, and you just need to vent and get it out. There, it'll help that that venting, that that release of just built up anger yeah. and hurt yeah. and frustration can help you realize that you know what. Yeah, I could. I, you know what? I, my, I lost my eyesight. It sucked. I was dealing with migraines. I was dealing with an immense amount of pain. Mm-hmm. Could be dead. Yeah, could have died right in there and there. No could goodbye I, to I, your could son. Could, nothing. Could have, could have had a brain bleed. Could have started bleeding. Sure. Could have been dead. Sure. And, it's, it, it, and, and I mean, it's with those things when I look. Life back, becomes so precious. When I look back now, in the, when you're in the moment, you don't you don't really realize mm-hmm. it. But when you look back now, I'm like, it could have been a million times worse. Yeah. But I'm thankful I'm not. You know, I could have been beaten within an inch of my life and not be the human being I am, but yeah. So with, with the grief, you know, it's not even things that happen directly to us. You know, sometimes it really is the loss of somebody or something in your life. You know, I think the focus should not be on the loss itself, but on what you got from that person and the gravity and the impact was so significant on that your life, that one individual outside of you was so freaking significant and so powerful 
that you are having this insane wave and magnitude of emotions and feelings and loss because of how big and what a presence that person was in your life. And I'm here, I feel it. I, I lost my best friend and she was my twin flame and I still talk to her and call out to her and have this huge void in my heart that will never be filled by anybody else. It was her spot. And instead of sitting with the loss and the loss and the loss, I am so appreciative of the impact she's had on my life, which still impacts my eldest daughter who knew her and met her. And now my baby's middle name is her name. So she's still within our life. It's just a different way than I would have thought about it. But with that comes healing, with that comes peace, with that comes perspective. And time does heal when it comes to grief. Yeah. yeah it does. It heals pretty much everything. It just, it just, you don't realize it when you're in that moment, but time no. does heal. No, it it's does. hard. Whew. Okay. So let's look at grief and guilt and think of it as just an indicator and a pulse check and a moment to help you unlock potentially true happiness and perspective on how fortunate you are or were by that moment coming into your life, even at the darkest hours. So thank you listeners so much. Thank you for watching, listening, sharing, connecting with us. Don't forget to connect with me personally on Instagram at Allison Andrews Cantor or at take-ownership. Oh man, big good stuff here today. This has been really a good day. Okay, so in two weeks, we will meet again. But until then, what is one action step you can take ownership over your life today? If you like today's episode, be sure to subscribe, share, and like. Don't forget to join our community by connecting with ownership at take-ownership.com. You can buy the book, become a show supporter, join our monthly soul boardroom, and engage in free strategy coaching sessions with Allison. You can find all of this and more at take-ownership.com.